0: I see so many people right now reacting to this thing like giving stuff away for free or, you know, ridiculously heavily discounted or whatever the case may be. It's almost coming across, if I'm to be, you know, a little outspoken here, it's kind of desperate looking.
1: Yeah, 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 great.
0: Like, I I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way. I'd love to know what some of the viewers that are here with us live right now would say. Like, for me, it's coming across as being a tad desperate And that's something you never want to look like in front of your customers or your prospects. So I would say take a very, very proactive approach to any kind of marketing or any kind of promotions or anything like that right now, rather than a reactive one.
1: Welcome to episode 233 of Screw It, Just Do It with me, Alex Chisnell. And on today's show, it's my great pleasure to introduce for the third time, Chris Tucker. The only guest we've had on the show three times is Chris, who I consider to be a friend, having had him on the show three times and chatted to him a number of times, meant to have had him on the the live uh, Olympia event where we were all hoping to meet up Couple of weeks ago, now at Olympia in London for the Festival of Enterprise. So instead, um, Chris Candy jumped on and did a live recording for us. Uh, So we had an audience asking questions as well. We were talking five new ways, five new ways to make money with your brand. Um, If you've listened to the two previous episodes, you'll know all about Chris. He's a serial entrepreneur, a best-selling author of both Virtual Freedom and Rise of the Upreneur He's now based back in the UK. He is a proud Brit, was living in the Philippines for quite a while where he has a, a VA business, very successful business, uh, over 350 employees worldwide. He's a trusted international business mentor, delivering keynote speeches all around the world. Seven million downloads for his podcast now, I think he mentions during this Episode which is insane. Um, Very well known for his blogs as well as being the founder of Upreneur.com, which is where I found out about Chris, first of all, a few years back, which is the leading personal brand business education company in the world and a great platform if you'd like to grow your personal brands both for yourself and to leverage your business as well. So Look, um, without further ado, let's dive in. We're talking five new ways to make money with your brand.
0: Hello, everybody tuning in and anybody on the replay. Great to be with you today. Um, I'm very very excited, actually, to be presenting this short presentation for you. We're probably only going to go for maybe 15, 20 minutes or so. All very high-level stuff, lots of meat, no fluff, Um, and uh, with a little bit of luck, plenty of time for some Q&A at the end of it as well. Now, for those of you who um, maybe have not discovered me uh, before, uh, I run three different businesses, as Alex uh, alluded to in my introduction there. live to sell is at the very sort of the, the, the heart of it, so to speak, which is our group of companies, a big call center uh, facility over in the Philippines, mostly B2B uh, customer service and that sort of type of stuff. And then we have Virtual Freedom, or rather Virtual Staff Finder on um, virtualstafffinder.com, which is our VA recruitment company. And uh, And then lastly, How many of you will probably know me from youpreneur.com online if you have heard of me before. But at the very, very center of all of those businesses is myself. It's my personal brand. And I lean into that personal brand and the strengths that I bring to things as a business leader, more so than focusing on my weaknesses. I'm not really interested in focusing on my interests or on my uh, weaknesses in any way whatsoever. I'm more about wanting to really dial in and lean into the strengths that I bring to everybody rather than focus on the more, should we say, not so strong attributes. I delegate those out and focus on the good stuff. Um, as Alex said, I do have a couple of best selling books under my belt. Virtual Freedom, which was the first one, uh, which was all about how to work with virtual staff to ultimately buy more time and become more productive. And then more recently, Rise of the Upreneur, which is my personal brand business handbook, Um, both of which have done very, very well. I'm a very proud author of that fact, and uh, I'd love for you to check them out as and when you get the opportunity to do so. Got a very popular blog over at chrisducker.com as well. So if you have a little bit of time after spending some time with me here this afternoon, I'd love for you to go and check that out. Now, At the core of what we do from a business building perspective as personal brand business owners, and I believe everybody has a personal brand, whether you are a brand-based owner or whether you're already building a business based around you and your personality or expertise, what you want to be known for, I believe we all are personal brands if you're if you're publishing anything online on a regular basis you are a personal brand if you are active on social media you are a personal brand and bottom line here is that at the very core of what we do as business owners it all comes down to three main focuses building marketing and monetizing that personal brand. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to skip over those first two sections and instead focus on the monetization side of things. Because if you're like me right now with everything that's been going on, with the lockdown, the pandemic, COVID-19, whatever you want to kind of, whatever envelope you want to stuff the issues that we're all facing in, at the end of the day, we're all interested now in making money as and when we have the opportunity to do so. And obviously, get To the point of serving our customers and converting more prospects into paying customers as much as we possibly can. So, we're going to dial in onto the monetization side of things. Now, I'm going to introduce to you five different ways that you can monetize your expertise, right? The things that you are known for the work that you've already done, the career that you've already built. And regardless of whether you've had that 10,000 hours under your belt or not, a lot of people say you're going to have 10,000 hours in a particular niche to call yourself an expert. I don't believe in that completely, to be honest with you. I believe that if you've been doing anything for any period of time, you will be seen as an expert for those that obviously don't have The same amount of experience as you. And people are way more likely today than ever before in the history of Western civilization to pay you to access that expertise ahead of their own growth curve so they can obviously fast track their own success, which means for personal brand business owners, we're in a very, very good place right now. So we're going to be focusing in on the monetization. And I want to start off with a quote that I'm pretty. You know, I'm quoted on this quite regularly, which is, you must be seen to sell. I think particularly right now, people are reluctant to sell. They're reluctant to ask for the order. They're reluctant to go for the close on the prospects that they've been working for a while. And personally, I think they're leaving a lot of money on the table because of that. At the end of the day, if we're not seen to sell, it's very, very hard for us to build influence. And if we don't build influence, we can't become known and liked and trusted. And if we're not trusted, then we're not going to be making any sales anyway. So in the personal brand business world, being seen to sell is everything, but it doesn't necessarily always mean that you're selling your products or your services Or your experience. It actually means that you're selling your ideas, your aspirations, your opinions, the things that you believe in, because people ultimately want to do business with other people. Brands will always want to do business with other big brands, but people like you and I, we want to do business with other people. So being seen to sell on a regular, very consistent, high value basis is absolutely key. Now, When it comes to our five main focuses in regards to monetization of that personal brand today, I'm going to be introducing them to you one by one. And you can, you know, kind of kickstart working on one of these before another. There's no real order here. It's just me ultimately introducing these five different streams of uh, revenue generation to you. So you might already be doing one or two of these already. And if you are, you can skip over that and move on to other things, obviously. So our first thing that we should be looking at is coaching and consulting. Like I said, we're in a time right now, it's super exciting, right? Because people are more likely to invest in themselves. And like I said, fast tracking that success that they want to achieve by hiring consultants and coaches and mentors, more so than maybe before in the past. So without a shadow of a doubt, when it comes to being a personal brand business owner, that coaching and consulting is the absolute lowest hanging fruit that there is out there. Now, warranted. It's not the most scalable approach to making money off of your expertise, because obviously, you can only work with so many people in a one-on-one basis, or even a one-to-many basis. Um, you know, uh, as you can possibly do in a short space of time. But ultimately, it's all about getting that revenue moving for you and bringing that revenue in so that you can go ahead and start producing other opportunities to be able to serve the people that you want to call customers further down the line. So that's the first way that we can ultimately be monetizing our personal brand and our expertise. Coaching and Consulting. The second way is by focusing in on affiliate marketing. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, affiliate marketing is the sort of type of business model where you provide people with the opportunity to buy products and services that you know, like, and trust yourself. And you're introducing those products and services to them. As part of the relationship that you've built up with them. So let's say you've got followers on social media or people on your email list, whatever the case might be. If you've got a product or a service that you feel that they could utilize to be able to live a more comfortable life or further their business growth or whatever it might be, you can share links with them. If they click on those links, whether they be via email or on a uh, social media platform of some variety, maybe you give them away in a YouTube video or on a podcast episode, whatever it is, when they go ahead and utilize those links to visit that product or that service uh, provider, when they buy, you get a small commission. You get a small percentage. The perfect example is here with ConvertKit, who is an email marketing software company that I'm an affiliate for, but I'm also a very proud customer of ConvertKit as well. So when you are providing opportunities for people to check out companies That you think will help them, make sure you're doing it from the right place and not just throwing links after links after links in front of them to make a quick buck. It's better if you utilize or at least know and like the company enough to be able to put them in front of your potential customers as well. So that's number two affiliate marketing. Number three is digital products. Now, this is scalable, unlike coaching and consulting. When you talk about digital products, we're talking about you know online courses and they don't have to be big 20 video courses and a whole host of workbooks and things like that. You can create a very simple solution to a very important problem that people are having and ultimately package that into a four or five lesson bundle of video clips of 10 to 15 minutes a pop provide a small workbook for them to print out and fill up as they're going through those four or five lessons from you, and you have your first online course. So think about questions that you get asked on a regular basis that you have the answers to. Think about solutions that maybe you and your company are already providing that you could possibly productize or go digital with and turn it into an online course of some variety. And by the way, it doesn't always have to be an online course. It can be an ebook that you've written and had professionally designed and put together. It could be an audio course. It can even be simply an email course. I've seen some people price, market, and be very, very successful in selling an email subscription. So every week, somebody will get literally just an email and people will be happy to pay for it if that email is useful enough. At the end of the day, at our very core as entrepreneurs, all we're really doing here is solving people's problems. And don't forget, if we do it in the right way for the right reasons... We're blessed to be able to go ahead and put a price tag on that solution. Our customer gets what they want. We get to make money. Everybody's happy. So that's number three is those digital products. Number four, Oh, by the way, before I move on, I should show you this quick example here. This is a digital course that we put together over Virtual Starfinder, which is our Virtual Starfinder Academy. There were 75 videos here. Now, this was a monster of a course a few years ago, but it was specifically put together for entrepreneurs to give to their virtual assistants so that the VAs themselves could actually watch the videos to learn how to do all these different tasks. It was a solution to a big problem that our customers were having at the time. We produced the content, we put it out there, and it did very, very well indeed. So it's just a quick idea as to how you can demonstrate exactly what you're doing when it comes to these sort of types of things. Number four... Is memberships. Now, this is the holy grail of online business, particularly a business that's based around an expertise or a thought leader, an influencer, whatever the case may be. You know, if Sir Richard Branson was to come up with a membership where people could pay, I don't know, £10 a month to access him for a 90 minute QA every single month, maybe download two or three videos from him every single month in a private member portal, I guarantee you he'd make a lot of money. Not that he necessarily needs it, but he could make a lot of money if he was to offer his expertise and his experience in a membership package. The reason why memberships are so incredibly powerful is because the revenue is recurring, meaning people have to pay over and over and over again. And it's predictable. And right now, particularly in our current climate, anything we can do as business owners to be predictable when it comes to our revenue, we should be leaning into that. So over at Upreneur, we have the Upreneur Academy and the Upreneur Incubator, which is exactly that. It is a monthly membership package. And anybody who might be interested, go to Academy.com and you can see exactly what it is. It's, it's a monthly membership. People pay month in, month out. And for that, They get all of our experience. They get all of our training, not only what's in there already, but also a whole bunch of new stuff that's published every single month, as well as a private community to be able to go ahead and converse with hundreds of other people around the world that are focused on building their business around their personal brand. So again, another great way to be able to monetize your expertise. And then finally is live events. Now, warranted. Allow me to have a swig of water here. <clears throat> okay. This is not necessarily going to be something that we're going to be able to lean into for a while, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, this is our new reality, as I keep saying, in regards to uh, handling this, this horrible virus that's taken so many so early and quite frankly, completely disrupted the entire planet, right? However, Live events now are actually going more virtual anyway. They have been for a while, and I think this is probably going to kick us up the backside a little bit, quite frankly, in regards to moving those live events into a more virtual setting. This right here is the perfect, the absolute perfect example of doing exactly that. Here we are online learning with each other instead of doing it in person. However, I will say one of my favorite things to do is get up on stage and train people from a stage um, and be able to build those powerful relationships that we do at our live events, particularly the Youpreneur Summit, which takes place in London at the QE2 Center, right opposite Westminster Abbey, every November. Whether we do it this November or not is yet to be seen, unfortunately, but we've done this now three years in a row. It's sold out months and months in advance every single time, and it's easily my favorite weekend of the year. But if we can't do it in person, we will do something virtually, just like many, many other people are doing as well. Just as I would say from a monetization perspective on live events, it doesn't really matter whether or not you're in person or whether you're doing something online virtually instead. It can be a small round table mastermind group that you're paying for access to. It can be a larger online event or in-person event where you've got a whole bunch of speakers coming in and providing opportunities for people to learn through their presentations. And maybe even networking, Can be done online as well with breakout rooms with Zoom and things like that as well. So there's a lot of opportunities with live events, which maybe might not be so live and in person for a while now, but certainly a great way to be able to monetize your expertise and bring people together as much as possible going forward. I will say, though, on top of all of this, I want to caveat this very, very loudly. And before I show you a complete diagram of my personal business ecosystem and how we make money as a company, I want to really shout this out super loud. And that is to charge what you are worth. Charge what you're worth and don't you dare apologize for it. There's a lot of people out there that are giving away their products for free right now. I have a good friend of mine that's over in the United States doing exactly that right now to the tune of almost a million dollars of courses that he has given away in the last month or so. Are you mental? Are you actually (laughs) mad? Discount it by 50% by all means. Don't give it away for free, right? So charge what you're worth. You are a business owner. If you don't make money, you won't have a business left at the end of all this. Mm. Plain and simple. So, charge what you're worth, be a little bit selfish. That's absolutely fine. And don't apologize for doing so. Now, on page 191 of my book, you will see this diagram. And this diagram is my business ecosystem. As you can see, it floats around everything from free content to what I do on social media all the way through to my one-on-one coaching and inner circle masterminds, services, workshops, online products, everything. All of these things here, and by the way, these terms become a favorite, build qualified influence, P2P focus. All this stuff is in the book if you want to dive deeper on here. It's the best 10 pound you'll ever spend, trust me, when it comes to investing in your personal brand. And this, honestly is how I have built a multi seven-figure annual revenue business over the course of the last decade. It's following this exact ecosystem and allowing people to come into the top of that funnel and drip slowly but surely based entirely on one level of value after another through to the bottom and becoming that top 5% clientele. This is exactly how you can build your own business, a very profitable business based around your expertise and your personality. And I hope that it has been very helpful. That's the end of my presentation. I hope we've got some good questions in here, Alex. What do you think?
1: We have indeed. Um, good, I good, good. Actually, Interesting. Um, and I see like you, so many people giving their courses away completely free at the moment, going, on, you know, helping you out during the coronavirus. It's like, we well, you're not going to have a business in uh, in no. 60 days, 90 days, et cetera.
0: And let me tell you something. The last week of this month, I'm actually shooting video content for a brand new course based around onboarding, training, and working with virtual assistants and I will not be giving that course away for free when it comes out in May. I will be charging no. for it. <laughs> I'm yeah. look, At the end of the day, you are providing a solution. Remember this, right? Like you're providing a solution to a problem. And if the problem is big enough, people will be happy. Still at this point in time, they will still be happy enough to pay for that solution. As long as you're doing it for the right reasons and in the right way, there's no reason for you to give your stuff away for free. We never want to be the freebie person. Never,
1: no, ever. No. And, and it, it, this has come up a few times during webinars over the last few weeks where people have come across as being really reticent as to selling their services, selling their products. And I was on an uh, webinar last week with uh, a chap called Magnus from Antler, just like a global startup generator and early stage uh, venture capital fund. And he was saying, you'll, you'll kick yourself when you when you look back on this time if you didn't realize the fact, exactly what you said, that if you've got a solution to someone's problem, you haven't told them about it. If you actually mm-hmm. keep it quiet and don't tell any about it, who are, you, who are you serving? Who are you helping?
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with you.
1: Yeah, so um, a couple of questions. If you those five new ways that you you put out there, Chris, um, it obviously covered the, the last one in, in considerable detail with a live event. If you were starting from scratch, and we, we saw your ecosystem there, a couple of questions come in on that. If you were starting mm-hmm. from scratch now at this time, um, which one would you look to start out in? And I suppose that depends on your experience and that Kind of thing,
0: but yeah, well, what, what I would be doing, can you see my mouse moving around here, or is it or you cannot see it? Can you see it? Uh,
1: yes, yes, yeah, by podcast. Okay, great. Yeah. So,
0: so what I would be focusing in on right now is this area right here of the ecosystem. I would be focusing entirely right now on creating high quality, hyper valuable content for people to consume because right now people have got more time on their hands, they've also They've been thrusted into this position where they have to think about things that they need to do that they maybe have never done before. They flirted with a little bit before and they need to do more of it. At the very core of what we do as online business owners, particularly anybody really building a business in today's world has to get more active online if they're not consistently active online. Like You're the perfect example of somebody who's doing it right uh, in regards to you know coming up with a podcast. You might take a hiatus every now and then, but you'll come back to it. You'll provide value. You'll turn up with it over and over and over again. I think very, very important for people to understand that that that, that level of trust will grow ridiculously if people see you show up over and over and over again when it comes to this part of the ecosystem. So if you're not already podcasting, think about starting a podcast. right? The barrier to entry is so low nowadays in terms of the tech required and things mm-hmm. like that. And if anybody's got any any kind of uh, questions at all on any of these, you can hit me up on Instagram at Chris Ducker. Send me a DM. I'm happy to get back to you on questions uh, even after we, we're, we're here live because um, I just want to help as many people as I can right now. You know, a lot of people are struggling right now. So just hit me up. Hit me up at, at Chris Ducker on Instagram. Give me a follow over there. Send me a message, and I'll be happy to, you know, throw some additional resources and links and and things like that if it makes sense. But really, show up. If you're not podcasting, get get a podcast up and running. If you're not being active on YouTube, you're missing a massive opportunity. Google themselves have said that come the end of this year, come the end of this year, just a few few months from now that video is going to amount to 85% of all search results on Google. And who owns YouTube? Google does. (laughs) So, if you're not getting active in publishing evergreen content on YouTube, just simply answering questions that your customers and your prospects will be having on a regular basis, what are they? I I bet anybody in here is smart enough to know that at least 20 questions that their prospects are going to throw at them all the time, right? Or maybe 20 objections as part of the sales process that they'll hear over and over and over again. Film videos that basically produce answers to those questions or rebuttals to those objections, whatever the case may be. Put them up on YouTube. You might not get a ton of traffic immediately, Mm. but the powers that be on the back end of, of YouTube's and Google's algorithms will find you and they will start listing you in those search results. Very, very, very important. So that's what I would be doing right there is you know, really leaning in, doubling down on online content right now, producing tons and tons of high valuable, super useful content and showing up on a very, very regular basis. That's what I'd be doing.
1: Thanks. and a um, couple couple of questions around this actually. Um, would you, and I think I know the answer to this, knowing a little bit about you, Chris, obviously knowing you for a few years, but would you be videoing your podcast and putting it out as a vlog as well?
0: Um. Okay, so I have a podcast and I do do video on YouTube, but I don't video my podcast recordings. Um, However, I want to be super transparent and say that I still utilize the content from the podcast and we reshoot some of that content in video format. So I'm always repurposing our content, um, whether it's a video that's going into a podcast, or whether it's a podcast going into a video, or a podcast into a blog, or a blog into a video, or a podcast. You see what I'm saying? Like I'm always repurposing all the time. It might not be necessarily the most time-effective way of being able to do things, but I do feel that when I am sitting in front of a microphone like this, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm envisioning thousands and thousands of people around the world. Downloading and listening to our show, and we've just hit seven million downloads on Upener FM now. Um, When I do that, it's hard. It it would be hard for me to do that, talking to a camera and delivering the content that I know for a fact is going to be consumed in an audio format, right? Mm -hmm. And vice versa, it would be hard for me to talk to a camera and focus on the mic, so to speak, as well. Because I'll do things on camera, like wave my arms around and do funny faces and stuff like that, that I wouldn't ever do on in front of a radio, in front yeah. of a, a podcast mic, right? Um, no. But that being said, I'm also hyper aware of the fact that there are some people that would tune into our YouTube videos that will never listen to the podcast or read our blog or vice versa in any direction. And because of that, we consistently repurpose, reshoot Re-edit, rewrite uh, the same types of content over those three main content verticals because we know that there are people that like to consume in very different ways. That's simple. Mm.
1: Yeah, great answer. Um, question uh, here from Jane who says we are we are open for business, but trying to encourage marketing investment in readiness for the recession ahead. We have been running a remote friendly business model for the past 10 years, featured in the Sunday Times, working with self employed experts across the UK and internationally. However, grocery clients are scrambling to cope as demand outstrips supply. What tone do you think is right for new business approaches? That's a nice question.
0: Yeah, I, lo- I love that question. And actually, I got a really simple answer for it. And that is a proactive tone.
1: Yeah, Plain. nice.
0: And simple, not a reactive one. I see so many people right now reacting to this thing like giving stuff away for free or you know, ridiculously heavily discounted, or whatever the case may be. It's almost coming across, if I'm to be you know a little outspoken here, it's kind of desperate looking.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great.
0: Like I I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way. I'd love to know what some of the viewers that, that are here with us live right now would say. Like For me, it's coming across as being a tad desperate. And that's something you never want to look like in front of your customers or your prospects. So I would say take a very, very proactive approach to any kind of marketing or any kind of promotions or anything like that right now, rather than a reactive one.
1: Yeah, Warren says, stand by your brand has to be the key.
0: Couldn't agree more,
1: 100%. Yeah, there was... I remember talking about this last week to somebody saying that, you know, if if you'll start people putting businesses out there now during this time, but they specifically look like they're just designed, well, they're mm-hmm. reactive, they're cashing in now. And I just thought, I don't know what your take on this, Chris, is that unless it's part of your overall plan on the other side of, Coronavirus, COVID-19, why would you you do that now just as a reaction to what's out there? It, it does look well, desperate
0: I mean, me. you know, you 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 can certainly do things right now to help your customers through the struggles that they might be having with no intention of wanting to carry on with that thing, whatever it might be, after it all yeah. dies down. But I think as long as you're upfront and you're transparent about that, I don't think it'll hurt you long term at all. In fact, if anything, you'll be showing up as the guide, right? It's, it's, it's kind of like one of the ways I've been, I've been working with our coaching clients a lot over the last couple of weeks on this kind of mantra here, um, that I just, it just came to me. I ad libbed it on a coaching call about three weeks ago and everyone was like, Oh, that should be on a t-shirt. Oh, you know, this sort of stuff. And it's as simple as three words, mission over money your mission over money approach to building and keeping your business running throughout all of this, right? So having that mission-based mindset of serving first, selling later, I'm a really, really big believer, actually, that if you serve the right way, just like in the sales process of prospecting, qualifying, building trust, getting to the point of a pitch, handling objections, and eventually a close. I'm a big believer that if you do all those things up to the close in the right way for the right reasons, then the close itself actually will happen nine times out of 10, pretty much all by itself. You won't even have to ask the order it'll just land in your lap I'm a big believer of that um and so very much along the lines of like serve now serve first sell later having that mission over a money mindset I think is massive right now and be seen as the guide you know you don't want to necessarily be seen as a hero. Right now, I mean, to use like a a, a Star Wars analogy, like you want to be Obi wan Kenobi, you don't want to be Luke with the lightsaber. Or although as a kid, we always wanted to be Luke with the lightsaber. Yeah. But deep down, right now, as business owners, we want to be the old mentor. We want to be the guide right now, rather than the hero. Our customers are going to love us for it on the other side of this thing.
1: I like it. Very good. Um, somebody's but what's keeping you up at night, Chris? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, other than the two and a half year old.
1: Other than that, yes. I mean, you
0: know, I mean, we we have in terms of in terms of the businesses that we have. Ultimately, they're continuing to run. I mean, it's not a lot of difference for us. Um, I've been joking a lot, saying that you know I've been self-isolating for years and years because I've been working at home for a long time. Um, I will say the one thing that does concern me a little bit is the fact that I've got so many people reliant on me as an employer Yeah. Uh, more than anything else. So far, we've been able to make sure that everybody stays in employment and making a full-time living. Um, but when you've got almost you know, 350, three hundred fifty, four hundred people that we have working for us, um, that's something that will cause you to lose a little sleep here and there throughout all of this. Um, and all we can do in that regard, actually, is is be reactive in the way that we're handling the situation, but be seen to be doing things in a proactive way for your employers, your customers. Uh, you know your the, your staff, your team, any anybody that's kind of in touch with your business on a regular basis. You've got to be seen as being proactive rather than that more reactive state, if that makes sense. But yeah, other than that, and uh, you know, the wife hogging the covers, I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and what's um, was this question now? What happened to you and your business after lockdown? Uh, doesn't sound like too different, but um, maybe you can elaborate a little bit on that.
0: First. No, nothing really. I mean, the the only big change for us was, you know, we have our Youpner Incubator Mastermind, which uh, was supposed to meet in person four times this year. Um, that ain't going to happen now. So we're going fully virtual with that. Um, and, uh, you know, that the upside, and I like to think of upsides rather than downsides for the most part. Anyway, the upside to that is that we'll be able to scale it. It'll be yeah. worldwide instead of just UK and, and European based. So whereas right now we've got, you know, sixty-five, seventy clients, we'll be able to double, triple, quadruple that between now and the end of the year by offering it to people a lot more internationally, uh, and therefore not only been able to make more money from a business owner's perspective, but also have more effect and bring more change and more opportunity for the people that we that we coach and mentor through the mastermind itself. So, other than the changes really on our in-person events and 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 experiences, there's not really been much much change. In fact, actually, one of uh, one of our, our big online products, which is the Upener Academy, our monthly membership. Uh, we, we've had more members join in the last month than we have done you know in the last couple of months put together. People have have got more time they're at home, and they're ready and waiting to learn new skills.
1: Nice uh, and remind me, Chris, how many because you've obviously got a global business now and you've been podcasting um, for a very long time the The reach you get from that like it's especially like you said the scalability of, of the incubator. H- how many countries do people hear your message now?
0: oh good lord i I wouldn't even know off the top of my head I mean, to give you an idea, like I said, the podcast has just hit seven million downloads, yeah um, which is a massive number i mean I, I i don't take that for granted at all. We get a hundred thousand unique visitors to our sites every month uh, online uh, we have hundreds and hundreds of members inside of the uper academy uh, and you know in terms of our our Youpreneur Summit, which was our large conference that we would run. Let me flick back to the screen there so you guys can. This is at the Her Majesty's Convention Center right opposite Westminster Abbey. Um, I'm so gutted that the likelihood of this happening this year is slowly dripping away yeah. <laughs> because it truly really is my favorite weekend of the year. But, but, but for example, for last year, we had 360 people there. It was sold out uh, for the entire weekend and we had 37 different countries um, in. In attendance. That's amazing. Uh, well, wow. Pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, David says, can you ask Chris my question, please? I've just scrolled up, David. So David says, I've got an opt-in database and I'm looking for products or services to offer that can generate ongoing revenue. Any ideas? That's pretty. pretty okay, so photo. I, I want to fire a
0: quick question back to David on that. Yeah. Um, David, have you been proactively building your your database, excuse me, your email subscriptions already? Uh, like, are there at least a couple of hundred people on that list? Or are you at the very early stages of that? That answer to that question will allow me to go in one direction or another in terms of the yeah. advice I can give you. So David, if you can answer that question, that would be good. Um, but I will say like, this is the one big thing as we're waiting for David to answer. This is the one big thing that everybody must be doing right now. If you're not capturing as many of those website visitors as possible, when they visit your website, you are skipping a beat. In fact, actually, you're losing, plain and simple. The analogy I like to use in this is it's like people going to a restaurant um, and they're hungry and they turn up at the restaurant and the doors are closed. It's locked. It's not open. What are you going to do? Do you want people to come to your restaurant as a result of that and sign up? Or are you going to leave your restaurant closed as well? Like people are not going to go hungry. They're going to go to another restaurant. So you Mm. must make sure that you're capturing those emails, those contacts as much as you possibly can. So I can see you've answered. You've got 15,000 people. They apply for something which we give them, but we never normally go back to them with something else. Okay. So basically you're offering them a freebie of some variety, an opt-in magnet of some variety. And then that's where that relationship stops. Think of it like this. It's like taking a beautiful lady out on a date. It all goes well. You sunk 150 quid into a night out. You've kissed her on the cheek good night, put her into a cab on the way home, and then you don't call her back up again. What changed? (laughs) what happened. Don't waste your time and your energy. That's what's been happening right now. So my advice to you, if you've got 15,000 people, for you to figure out exactly what you can create, David, to serve those people and also to make money as well, without a doubt, you have to survey that audience. I cannot stress the importance of this. You can use a tool like SurveyMonkey, uh, which you can get at surveymonkey.com. Um, they have a free version, and then they have also a brandable version that you can buy as well. Um, but I mean, really, it's just a combination of you know seven or eight questions where you kind of just grill them a little bit, get some close-ended questions, some open-ended questions. Remember, open-ended questions create the opportunity for people to give you information back. The one big question you need to be asking right now, based on what you've told me, if I was in your shoes, the one huge question that I would be asking would be, what's your biggest struggle right now? Mm. That's the question. There's the money and the pot of gold right there, because they will give you information back that then you can analyze and look at and say, well, we can answer that question. We can solve that problem. And if there's enough people that come to you with a similar type of problem that you've got a solution that you can ultimately build out, then obviously you can offer them that solution at a profit to yourselves. Um, and and obviously at the same time you're going to be you're going to be helping them out. You're the guide. You're the guide. You're the Obi One right now. That's what we want to be. So ask the question. If you don't survey your audience, David you're a fool. With that many people on your email list, I would be diving into a survey without a doubt. Like You can put it together in less than an hour, hit the send button on the email, get a whole bunch of people going to that survey page, filling it out, hitting in the submit button and watch those answers come in. And somewhere in those answers is going to be your next solution, your next product, your next service that you can then go ahead and pitch that email list properly and obviously solve a problem for them and make some money for yourselves
1: great answer. Um, and how many is one of these questions, isn't it? How long is a piece of string? But um, how many questions do you think it's too many to put on something like that? And what kind of... Um,
0: yeah, I realistically, I probably wouldn't go any more than 10 questions yeah. on a survey like that, particularly if it is a list of people that I haven't had a lot of contact with. Um, for example, we have a subsection. We segment our email list out quite regularly. And we have a subsection, which is probably about 15 to 20 percent of our overall bigger list, um, where we know that they're clicking on opening all our emails. They're clicking on all the links they're buying up, you know, ultimately qualified customers right with those types of people we'll go a little bit more in depth maybe up to 20 questions because we know that they're invested they've got some skin in the game but for people like this on a list that have kind of got their freebie they've downloaded their ebook or whatever it is that David's been offering them and then they haven't gone any further with that that relationship needs to be you know it's more of a uh, an early transactional type of relationship where you need them right now more than they need you they've already got what they came for so it's important to kind of keep it short and sweet no more than 10 um questions and probably you know just realistically five or six is all you really need right now um and get it to the point where you know people are going to be you know completing this entire thing in less than 60 seconds including that one big information generating question that you put at the end of it
1: great and um what would you have and you mentioned you know losing if you're not capturing those email addresses at uh, coming to your, to your website um, what kind of things do you find work works well at the moment or in, in the last year or so um, with regards to email capture type uh, things oh yeah I
0: mean last year last five years last decade things haven't really changed all that much quite frankly uh, the one big thing important factor here is relevancy. If they come, for example, to your website and your website, for example, is all about um, getting fit and healthy as a male in your 40s, for example, there's a subsection of a niche right there, right? So if I was to produce, say, a checklist of things that um, a 40-year-old male would need to be able to up his health and fitness levels. That checklist is going to be subscribed to way more heavily than an, a checklist that would be relatable to health and fitness in general, yeah, right? Yeah. Like ten things you can do to get health and fit, you know, healthy and fit in general, ra- rather than the ten things every man in his forties must have to get health and fitness, you yeah. know, straight, right? Like. That's where the rele- you know, that relevancy score is absolutely huge. I will say checklists have always been a very, very big, high converting opt-in magnet. Uh, okay. Anything where, you know, five, five things you must do before you start your Facebook ad campaign. Uh, the six things you must travel with as a business speaker. You know, all these, anything kind of like the top 10, the top five, anything along those lines, things that can be easily created and easily consumed by the people that subscribe. That's where the gold is really.
1: Nice. There you go, David. Um, Okay. Another question. Uh, What advice would you have for a charity that has grown with events and retail outlets about fourfold in two years when we come out of this We're building a better website, running virtual events, but I'm concerned for staff morale when they come back after so long furlough and giving them something positive to get to grips with. Absolutely. I'm sure a lot of people will be in the same boat. We haven't even touched on that, like morale. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's like anything else. If you've got a team of staff that, you know, particularly right now, you know, are furloughed and they're not going to work, they're not seeing each other in person, uh, you know, that distance will slowly but surely start to affect things. There's no doubt about it. What I would be doing first and foremost as a leader of that team is I would be bringing that team together virtually at least once a week right now. You know, yeah. you can just call it a weekly tea meeting yeah pour yourself a cuppa get a couple of chocolate digestives on a plate in front of you and let's just hang out and catch up with each other once a week it doesn't even need to be work related it just is all about seeing that brady bunch screen of all the heads and the little bobbing shoulders um and and being have you know being in a position to be able to have a conversation with each other as a team uh, is sometimes maybe just enough to keep that kind of, to use the more American slang, you know, that water cooler moment, right? Of being able to get together, have a little bit of a gossip, have a little bit of a a, a laugh and talk about maybe what they're binging on on Netflix and, you know, all that sort of type of thing. Um, and. If I'm to be honest with you, also, you know, social media, I don't know whether it's just me that feels like this. And I'm curious to know what everybody else says as we start wrapping up here. But to me, social media is actually starting to feel more social again. It's not so much people talking at each other and marketing all their stuff all the time, it's more so actually conversations I'm I'm seeing and I'm getting involved in way more than before all this happened. So maybe hmm. social media is going to become more than just a marketing, uh, you know, for, nice. for, for some companies. As yeah, well. a lot more
1: interactive, isn't there? Like challenges right. and all this kind of stuff going around, sharing as well.
0: Exactly. And I will say though, that going back to, you know, the nonprofit, the charitable focus, you know, Show the fun. Show the personalities from your team to your community to the people that you attract. Maybe do some Facebook lives. Um, you know, talk about the the work that your charity does. Why it's so important that you continue to stay active through this time to spread your message, to market your mission, and all that sort of fun stuff. And really, just you know, understand that again. Going going back to that Star Wars analogy, man. You know, be the guide right proactively guide people through this and they will remember it when it's over i guarantee they will remember it when it's over that's that's key right now absolutely key
1: yeah i th- i think that's the biggest but many value bombs here, but that's one of the biggest takeaways, I think I really like that one. Um, we're gonna we're gonna steal that as a as a video snippet, I think, and use that on the on the marketing Chris. <laughs> um, <Go for> it. <laughs> Victoria says, would be great to hear Chris's views on communities as massive trend right now. Any tips on building communities? That's a common one I've heard as well. And I haven't had many people speak about it. So that would be great. You've built a very successful one with you, Brené, clearly. I don't know how many people you've got in there now, Chris, but...
0: Yeah. I mean, we've had well over 1,500 people join Upreneur in the last five years. There's hundreds and hundreds of people in there from all around the world at any one time. We also have our own Facebook group uh, as well, which is free for people to join if they want to jump in and get a bit of a feel as to how we do things. They can just go to youpreneur.com Hub hub.com, and that will forward you directly to the Facebook uh, group on there. But you know, really, it it comes down to anything else. You know, it's about showing up, it's about being consistent. Whether you're building a community on Facebook via a Facebook group, maybe it's uh, you know, collecting emails on your website, possibly it's by building out your YouTube channel for the first time, other than just you know, popping up like if you were like me. Four or five years ago, the only reason you would get onto YouTube would be to watch like a stupid cat video or something yeah. like that, right? I still watch them now, but um, <laughs> I do want to. I do want to state that I'm also very serious about YouTube in terms of the way that we market our products, our services, our brands, and things like that as well. But YouTube is a great platform right now to also build a community. You know, they have a community tab on there. The mobile app is very, very intuitive, super user-friendly. Not only can you obviously upload videos directly to your channel, but you can go live On YouTube now as well. Not many people know that. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do on YouTube right now. Um, And I just feel with so many videos being uploaded with so many people on YouTube on a daily basis right now, for one reason or another, that's a great platform to be able to grow a community as well. But, very key, important part of all of that is you must figure out a way to be able to get people off of YouTube and onto your email list. Because otherwise what you're doing, if you're just all in on that community building on YouTube or Facebook or anywhere else for that matter, what you're doing is you're building that community. You're building that business ultimately on rented land. And you don't want to do that because they can rip it out from under your feet at any moment, right? So very important to make sure that there's a reason, some sort of CTA, some kind of call to action that will allow people and give people that opportunity to get onto your email list so that you can converse with them directly as well. I cannot stress that enough. Don't make the mistake of building your business on rented land like so many people do. You see a lot of YouTubers, oh, we got a million subscribers. They got no business model. Mm. because it's all on YouTube. All they've got is YouTube ads, which by the way, don't pay that much. You need a lot more than a million subscribers to make a lot of money on YouTube. So yeah, I hope that helps a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I like that rented land. Um, cause I saw that happen to somebody that, that I've been following for the last year, maybe year and a half, and he built his entire community on Facebook. And yes, he looked like he'd been a little bit clever because he built an email list and a Facebook messenger list, but Facebook shut him out of his own group. And I don't know what he was doing, but him and his girlfriend who ran the group in the podcasting community, big in the ClickFunnels community, shut him out of it. And that's how yeah, he was yeah. doing all of his deals, you know, through doing Facebook Lives and building it. And boom, gone.
0: I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I also had somebody who who was in our community who had their, the Facebook group was there. Forum their community part of their membership uh, which you know yeah. people by the way, with memberships people join for the stuff that you offer right the videos mm-hmm. the training whatever but they stick around for the community yeah plain and simple so yeah. again not very wise to build that part of your business or that part of your membership on rented land as well, and that group was actually shut down entirely. And it cost her 20 grand a month because obviously with no community, she couldn't serve them properly. She had a website with some videos on it. But other than that, there wasn't a lot in there, which is why inside of the Youpreneur Academy, we have our dedicated forums as well as a Facebook group so that we can do a little bit of best of both worlds. The way that we like to kind of describe it is that the Facebook group is like the pub, it's where you're going to hang out, ask a quick question every now and then. But the forums inside of the academy, well, that's the boardroom. That's where the real <laughs> business chit-chat goes
1: down. <laughs> I like it. A um, couple of questions are coming on my tab here. Um, let's see if we've got time for both of them. Um, Here's a good one. How will consumer and business behavior change, do you think, Chris, after the lockdown, COVID, etc.
0: Well, obviously, I, I'm not – You know. <sighs> I don't have a crystal ball, right? So you can take all this with a bit of a pinch of salt. Yeah, I think that um, you know there's going to be two type of cons- two types of consumers out there after all this. In fact, actually, they're already emerging. Quite frankly, on one hand, you're going to get people that are just not going to spend money. Period. They're done. They're not going to spend any money. It's too uncertain. They don't know what's around the corner. They're going to be keeping their hand in their pocket, plain and simple. Um, and then the flip side of that. And again, we're already seeing this. People are double-downing. Especially in the education space, in the business education space, like I said, at the Upener Academy, we've been busier. We've had more people join in the last month than we have in the last couple of months combined. And the reason why is because our type of people, the people that we attract into our ecosystem... Are the type of people that will double down right now? They will learn new skills. They will learn new opportunities to be able to re- make money and bring in additional revenue and things like that. So there's only one way to do that, and it's to buy certain mm-hmm. things and invest in yourselves or, or in getting solutions to problems that you might be experiencing. But who knows, man? I mean, like, you know, 12 months from now, 18 months from now, where are we going to be with this thing? I will say, and I've said this from day one, is that I don't think anything will get remotely back to quote-unquote normal until a vaccine is put into place. Um, Once that vaccine is available and it's out there, um, I think we'll see things pretty much get back to normal relatively quickly. But until then, I think people are going to fall into one of those two camps.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And quite a good one to to finish up on, I think, um, as it's personal to you. Uh, What is your priority for the next four weeks, Chris?
0: Um, my clients plain and simple, it's right. serving our clients, you know, whether it's inside of the academy or in our mastermind with the incubator, um, you know, part of the incubator, uh, membership package, for example, is that they get, uh, a one hour, sometimes a 90 minute Q and a with me directly, just like this, um, every single month. But the fact of the matter is, um, that there are you know, a lot of things going on right now for a lot of people. So we're spending a lot more time with people inside of our Facebook groups. I'm going live almost weekly to those people right now to give them more uh, FaceTime, more support to be that guide that I keep talking about. Um, But ultimately, it's, it's all coming down to just being there for our yeah. customers, I think more than anything else. That's the focus that we're on right now as business owners. Uh make sure if, if we can be there for our customers, everything else drips down quite nicely from there. Our 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 profits stay where they are, our margins stay where they are, our staff can stay where they are, and so on and so on and so on. So without a doubt is is looking after our clients. But that's nothing new. It's what we do anyway as a business, you know?
1: Mm. No, it's a good answer. I was just having a conversation with my, my wife last night. She's had to shut a beauty salon down, and there's, yeah, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in the same boat who've got hair salons, beauty salons, barbers, that kind of thing. But I was saying, and you see,
0: yeah. if I'm your wife right now, what I'm doing is I'm starting a Facebook group for all my customers, and I'm doing free face uh, makeup tutorials via my webcam. Brilliant. into that group and i'm providing them affiliate links to go and buy that makeup
1: nice right right That's going see what i've done there i've just switched
0: is. a very negative situation into a proactive one by yeah. not only serving my customers still but also allowing myself to make a little bit of money as well and there's no reason why many many other business models can't be doing that too
1: yeah. There must be so many freelancers who will watch this on, on the replay. We've been getting really big views on the replays uh, and who watch this now, um, who'll be able to implement that directly into their business. Because like you say, if you're if you're serving your clients now, by the time we do come out the other side, you're going to be at the forefront of their mind. You wouldn't have gone Absolutely. quiet for 90 days.
0: Be the guide, man. Be Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? Be Obi-Wan. We <laughs>
1: <laughs> like keep am. going back to Obi-Wan
0: Kenobi. but hey, The guy have was a smart dude. What are you going to say?
1: brilliant um well that's been awesome the audience has stayed with us the whole way now we've maxed out your time chris one minute past three um really really good we'd love to get you on again in a couple of weeks once you've started your incubator and you might have some more learnings for us then as well around personal branding
0: no problems at all anytime for you guys
1: so always love listening to chris I um, strongly recommend that you follow him on social, subscribe to his content, especially if you're looking to grow your personal brand and leverage your business at the same time. Took my inspiration from Chris when it came to creating my Podpreneur uh, free Facebook group and, and renaming my podcast agency Podpreneur as well. Certainly resonates uh, with me. We've now had started this a free Facebook group uh, for those who are wanting to uh, create, start, and grow their own podcast. Literally, um, four or five weeks ago, uh, we've just had, I think, the fifth person to release their podcast in the group. We've grown the group from zero to 550 people now, which I'm super excited about. Absolutely love it. Every week, do multiple um, Facebook Lives, teaching, uh, trainings, uh Helping you create, start, and grow your podcast in there. So uh, please come on over to Facebook groups. Come and join us. Lots to learn when it comes to, to podcasting and growing a community and scaling um, your business and your brands using podcasting as the vehicle to do that. So please come and do that. Um, would love to uh, have you engage with us over there. Um, and I hope you hope you really enjoyed that, that episode. For me, those are five great ways to make money with your brand. Um, for myself, stay tuned. Um, leveraging a number of these, uh, you know, having to pivot my business as, as an agency and looking to do more online. I launched my course last year, as you know, podcast launch program, and now looking to launch more online. Obviously, if live events, as Chris says in this, have taken a hit. Hence, I've brought the Festival of Enterprise online. I'm now up to something like eighty odd live webinars over the last six weeks. So, um, again, encourage you to come and watch some of these live or watch the replays um, with some of uh, you know the best known and uh, most successful founders and CEOs in the country, from the likes of Alan Barrett from Grenade, James McMaster from Huel, Um it's been going great, guns. Really enjoying it. I think there's loads you can take away from Chris's content. There, uh, you know, start off with coaching is, is a great way for most people to to get started. Um, and again, if you want to scale this, guys, I've mentioned this a number of times. You want to look at outsourcing. Focus on what you love and what you where your skill set lies, and and look to leverage the opportunity by having a VA and other parts of your team by outsourcing that through freelancers. Um, Mentioned that a number of times, it fits right in with uh, Chris's here. So thank you very much for listening. As always, you know how to uh, get hold of me at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the Screw It, Just Do It hashtag. But if you do, I promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks. I'm at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, plus at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. Alongside the Screw It, Just Do It Facebook page, this houses the Screw It, Just Do It community.